I'ma test this out right quick on y'all. Now keep in mind that I'm an artist and I'm sensitive about my shit. Welcome to Word to the Mother, a retrospective on 90s R&B and hip-hop. Here's your host, your girl, Charlie D. Welcome to my show where it's always the 90s and the music is always dope as hell. And I am your host, your girl, just a chick from Baltimore who can somehow still relate all of life's situations back to a 90s song yep that's me how you doing how you doing hey hey girl what's up bruh how you doing (laughs) um if it's your first time here well hello how are you welcome to the party okay you coming in a little bit late that's okay better late than never if you've been here before good to see you Let's get this thing started. Okay. Now, for today's episode, we're talking about an artist who she's been dubbed the first lady of Neo Soul or the queen of Neo Soul. According to MiriamWebster.com, she actually may have coined the phrase stay woke, if you can even believe that. Like, I think that is absolutely amazing. Today, let's get into it. We're talking about Erica Badu. Now, before we get into the episode, y'all, I'm going to do what I do, and that is go back in time to February 1997, which is when Erica's debut album, Baduism, debuted to see what else was going on in pop culture during that time. Let's see. February 1997, Michael Jackson's first son, Michael Joseph Jackson Jr. was born. This ain't blanket. This is Michael Joseph Jackson. Um, uh, Prince. They call him Prince. Ain't it funny that Michael would put Prince in his boy's name but apparently it's like a family name but that is when michael became a father also in february 97 death row records co-founder suge knight is sentenced to nine years in prison for violating his probation he would be released in august 2001 and the hot 100 singles we we have we have a bunch of good ones from february 97 the first one up i have is the spice girls were number one with if you want to be my lover you gotta get with gotta get with my friend i I mentioned this in an episode before when this video first came out i remember just staring at it like what is going on (laughs) it was fun it was colorful it was cute but i wasn't sure it was like a real video well i would find out they would be like the biggest girl group and i think almost history and eventually I i would become a fan of theirs but wannabe yep i was in college yeah yeah that's how old i am um tony braxton was number two with unbreak my hearts i go into that in the tony braxton episode if you missed it go back um the white dress honey the white dress with the halter in the ring i gush about that one in the episode i'm still thinking about it in 2021 and probably will be in 2022 in vogue had uh don't let go as a top 10 song 
I believe that was from their first album. Yeah, okay. Um, Whitney Houston, I Believe in You and Me. I believe I barely remember that song. It might have been from one of those soundtracks. Don't quote me. The Preacher in Me or somebody. I don't know. This this episode ain't about Whitney. Maybe later. Uh, Drew Hills. Somebody sleeping in my bed. Messing with my head. Somebody. Yeah. Good, good song. Baltimore Brothers. I hear you. I see you. Um, Black Streets, no diggity. I got the bag, bag it up, babe. I like the way you work it, no diggity. Hey, uh, hey, uh, hey, uh, hey, uh, right? That was a big hit. Um, now, this one, a lot of people may not remember, but for some reason, I love the single, and it was actually MC Light's Cold Rock A Party. I actually purchased the single, and I wore it out so much, I think a cousin of mine asked me to stop playing it. I, I believe she did. I, I I believe Monique did. Um, I think what I really loved about it is it used a sample from Diana Ross's Upside Down. And I grew up listening to Diana Ross. My mom was a big fan. So that really, really drew me to it. And movie releases for February 97. Um, two that were notable or noteworthy for this part podcast. The first one is Booty Call with, um, I think, Bill Bellamy. Was he in it? maybe maybe he wasn't when I think of booty call I think of Bill Bellamy because I remember him doing stand-up comedy and I I believe he coined the phrase booty call correct me if I'm wrong I mean yeah probably won't but correct me if I'm wrong um and then then came the whole movie I can't remember who was in it maybe Vivica Fox I don't remember but then it became an actual official term the other movie I never saw but that was Donnie Bresco also came out February 97 I don't know who was in this, but I'm assuming that it was really popular and possibly among listeners of this particular podcast. But that was a piece of pop culture in February 97. Let's get into this episode, starting with the featured song of the week. Produced and written by Dallas Austin, this one was a big hit. But guess what, y'all? I kind of goofed when I decided to choose this song for the feature of the week. Okay, real talk and and omission. I had this one marked down for months thinking, hell yeah, I used to love and rock this song. But see, when I went to do the background research for it, um, that's when I found out this song didn't actually come out in the 90s. It actually came out in 2001. Facts are facts, America. <laughs> right, yeah, I know y'all like, who cares, right? I know, that's what I'm thinking. Like, who cares? I just pride myself on being accurate, and the show is supposed to be about things that debuted in the 90s. But the good thing is, I'm the executive producer of this podcast, so I made the executive decision that no one would really care about the release date. And so the song was beloved enough that I'm just going to go ahead and do it. And that song was none other than Blue Cantrell's Hit 'em Up Style, Oops. While he was scheming, I was scheming in the beamer, just scheming. Can't believe that I called my man cheating. So I found another way to make him pay for it all. So I went to Neiman Marcus on a shopping spree. And on the way I grabbed Sully and Mia And as the cash box rang I thought everything away Oops, there goes the dreams we used to say There goes the times we spent 
So, anywho, in April 2001, this song hit the charts and reached number two on the Billboard Hot 100. And honey, was it hot. The song was about how to get revenge on your man if you catch him cheating and specifically hitting him where it hurts. The financials. Let's look at the lyrics. <laughs> hey, ladies, when your man want to get buck wild, just go ahead and hit him up style. Get your hands on his cash and spend it to the last dime for all the hard times. Oh, when you go, then everything goes from the crib to the ride and the clothes. So you better let him know that if you mess up, you got to hit him up. It's kind of poetry, right? <laughs> no, the song was hot as hell um i remember this coming on the radio and i don't know what little beater car i was driving at that time um revenge songs are fun and this song just says it all and it was just a huge hit with the ladies blue cantrell was born tiffany cobb in providence rhode island to a former beauty queen mother who was also a jazz singer and actress susie franco and was one of five kids her father was of african-american Narragansett and Cape Verdean ethnic ethnic background and her mom French German Irish Scottish and English background but her parents split when she was a young child and her mom raised her and her siblings alone. Blue began working as a professional background singer in the 90s working with Sean Puffy Combs and Teddy Riley when she joined a girl group called 8th Avenue that Riley put together. The group sang on Blackstreet's 1999 album, Finally, but was forced to disband after Teddy Riley left Blackstreet and the material was ultimately shelved. Sometime after, singer Usher, a friend of Blues, introduced her to producer Tricky Stewart, who originally wanted her to join another girl group called 321, but later offered to help her launch a solo career. Shortly after, Blue was able to wow producer Antonio L.A. Reed performing a song she wrote, and after a bidding war, Reed won as the highest bidder and signed her to a contract with Arista Records. Right after, she immediately went into the studio working with Dallas Austin, Tricky Stewart, and Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis. And it was in July 2001 that her debut album, So Blue, was released. The lead single, Hit em Up Style, became a top 10 hit in North America and also Australia, New Zealand, Canada, and the Netherlands. Blue was also nominated for Best Female R&B Vocal Performance and Best R&B Song at that year's American Music Awards. Blue Cantrell had a small cameo role in the movie Drumline and contributed the song It's Killing Me to the movie's soundtrack. In 2003, she released her second album titled Bittersweet, which received positive reviews and was nominated for a Grammy, but overall didn't match the success of her first album. She did have more success with the album internationally with the song Breathe with Sean Paul, becoming her highest charting single. In 2005, when her contract was up, Blue made the decision to leave Arista since her mentor L.A. Reid had resigned. She continued to perform and starred in the musical Gossip, Lies, and Secrets with Lisa Ray and Kenya Moore, and even starred on NBC's competition show Celebrity Circus. It looks like Blue Cantrell continued to perform in Australia and Europe while there were talks of a third album, but nothing has materialized in years. It also seems she might have been struggling with some mental health issues in 2014 that needed psychological evaluation. 
here's to hoping she is in a good place now and I sincerely hope wherever she has landed, she's doing well. I always thought she had a gorgeous voice and pretty eyes. And that song still slaps. But that was Blue. Now on to another singer with beautiful eyes, Miss Erica Badu. Erica Abbey Wright was born in Dallas, Texas on February 26, 1971, one of three children. As a child, her parents would separate and she would spend a lot of time with her grandparents. It was actually at a very young age of four that she performed for the first time, singing and dancing at the Dallas Theater Center and the Black Academy of Arts and Letters. At 14, young Erica was already freestyling at the local radio station and along talent such as Roy Hargrove. It was around this time that she decided to change the spelling of her name from E-R-I-C-A to E-R-Y-K-A-H. She did this believing that the original spelling was that of a slave name and because the K-A-H signified the inner self. She would later adopt the last name Badu because it was her favorite jazz scat sound. Erica attended Booker T. Washington High School for the Performing and Visual Arts and later enrolled at Grambling State University studying theater, but she would leave in 1993 to focus on creating music. She supported herself during this time working various odd jobs, including teaching drama and dance to children at the South Dallas Cultural Center. With the help of her cousin, Robert Free Bradford, she recorded a 19-song demo tape called Country Cousins, which caught the attention of Keeter Massenberg. Impressed with the budding talent, he invited her to record a duet with singer D'Angelo for the High School High soundtrack, and the song was Your Precious Love. After this recording, Erica was offered a recording contract with Universal Records. In February 1997, Erica Badu released her debut album, Baduism. For the album, Erica sung the lead and background vocals and also played the keyboards, drum machine, and had a hand in the overall music programming with the help of producers. Inspired by her ancestry, she began wearing turbans and took an interest in African drums. The album featured four singles with the first one released in January 97, and that was the song On and On. When this thing came out, it immediately caught my attention. Clearly, it was like nothing I'd heard before. 
Her voice reminded me so much of the great Billie Holiday, and the whole vibe was hella jazzy, soulful, and hip all at the same time. And then the video. Okay, I loved this video because she paid homage to one of my favorite movies of all time, and that is The Color Purple. And what a perfect introduction to who Erica is and what she's all about. Now, there was a lot of talk about the real meaning of the song, specifically regarding the lines, I was born underwater with three dollars and six dimes. But I can say I don't know anything about that, nor can I find any hidden meaning in it or anything on the internet about that. But if y'all know, shout it out. Slant Magazine ranked this number 36 on their 100 best singles of the 1990s and 2011 and wrote this about the song. Quote, Boasting the roundest bassline since diggable planets got cool like that, on and on is Erica Badu's mission statement from a higher plane. Her money might be gone, she might be all alone, but she's feeling high and mighty and the siren song pours forth from her honeyed lips like a fountain of alien wisdom. Backed by a laboriously snapping, swinging backbeat and expansive half-heard piano chords that repeatedly collapse back on themselves. On and On is as sonically introspective as its creator, a woman who can believably claim to have walked the entire cipher of Earth, clear her throat, utter, God damn it, I'ma sing my song, and still seem like she's hiding more than what she's revealing, end quote. Absolutely. The second single from this album out in May 97 was Next Lifetime. it was about a relationship but having feelings for someone else and the video featured Andre 3000, Pete Rock and Method Man as she appears in different time periods including 1968 and 3037. This song went on to number one on the hot R&B hip-hop airplay charts but the next single was my personal favorite from this album and that was Other Side of the Game. This 
song. I just love the way the song sounds. It's so soulful. But I also loved how she was speaking on something I didn't really hear about. And that was being on the other side of the game as the significant other of someone involved in illegal dealings. And how she was dealing with how the, his life of crime was paying the bills, but also hurting her and her child. Now, I've never dated a drug dealer myself, but I used to know girls who did. And I never thought about how that lifestyle affected them. It's deep though, and I appreciate Erica focusing on that particular topic. It's also just beautifully done. The video once again features Andre 3000, now her boyfriend, and as her boyfriend in the video, if you look close, there's even a very subtle pregnancy announcement in there. Also around the end of the video, it changes to the song Rimshot before going back to the song Other Side. The video seems like a glimpse of what a home would look like for the couple. Other Side of the Game peaked at number 14 on the Hot R&B Hip Hop Airplay charts. And the fourth and last single from this album came out in March 1998 and that was for Apple Tree. I definitely remember this one from the album as I had my copy, but I don't recall hearing this on the radio or anything. It reached number 67 on the Billboard Hot R&B and Hip Hop Airplay charts, but there was no video for it. The Baduism album was met with critical acclaim and commercial success, debuting at number 2 on the Billboard charts and hit number 1 on the top R&B hip hop albums. She was considered one of the artists who paved the way for the neo-soul or new soul sound in the 90s and was vocally compared to Billie Holiday as I mentioned before. I heard that myself. Baduism would hit three times platinum. Ooh, so one quick song I need to mention that was also not a single from the album, but it was a song I really loved and it was called, I think it was called Afro. Pick your Afro daddy because it's flat on one side if you had the album you know what i'm talking about love it just loved it in the fall of 1997 erica released her album live which included cover versions of songs such as shaka khan stay all night long by the mary jane girls and boogie nights by heatwave but among those songs she released one single from the album which hit the radio stations and i have to say might be my all-time favorite song by her and that is Tyrone Hold up, 
but you can't use my phone. Oh my God, that was so classic. So anyone that knows me in real life knows I love karaoke and this is one of my favorite songs to sing. I be killing it. <laughs> so this song got heavy rotation on radio stations as it should but was not officially released as a single to purchase, but it did hit number one on the R&B airplay charts. I remember this on the radio, honey. Every time, every time I was singing along. The song Tyrone was also nominated for Best Female R&B Vocal Performance at the 99 Grammys. It is also worth noting that the live album was recorded while Erica was pregnant with her son, Seven, her child with Andre 3000, and she collaborated with The Roots on it. The live album reached number one on the top R&B hip hop albums chart and sold over 2 million copies. After the birth of her son, Erica took a mini break and in January 1999, she was featured on the root song, You Got Me. Co-written by Jill Scott, which makes so much sense because I could see Jill singing this, the song peaked at number 39 in the U.S. and went on to win a Grammy for Best Rap Performance by a Duo or a Group. In November of the year 2000, Erica dropped her second album, Mama's Gun. Some critics compared this album to a female version of D'Angelo's Voodoo as it had a similar production style. The lyrics were generally confessional in nature with themes on insecurity, relationships, and social issues. The album had three official singles with the first one out in September 2000 and that is Bag Lady. lady is my shizzy <laughs> when this was out i sang that thing every time it came on the radio it's just one of those songs with a tight easy hook to sing yes yes now i always thought this song was talking about actual bags but no it's apparently about emotional baggage as in she's singing about a woman who can't get close to anyone because she's carrying too much emotional baggage okay right over my damn head <laughs> That is why Erica was like, pack light. Clearly, I wasn't listening. I just thought it was a fun song to sing. 
Bag Lady had a cute video in which Erica is seen with four other backup dancers all wearing bright colored dresses and head wraps and dancing together. The song peaked at number six on the Hot 100, but topped the Hot R&B Hip Hop Songs chart for seven weeks. The second single from the Mama's Gun album was Didn't You Know. Produced by fellow soul Quarian Jay Dilla, the song featured a sample from the song Dream Flower from the artist Tarika or Tarika Blue, which was used without permission. a pretty prominent sample that created a dispute which had to be settled out of court for a fee. The song peaked at number 28 on the R&B hip hop charts and was nominated for best R&B song at the 2001 Grammys. The last single from the album released in January 2001 is titled Clever. heard this song then but i can say i do like it now this was also produced by jay dilla and only peaked at number 77 on the charts the album mama's gun performed generally well with rolling stone voting it the fifth best album of the year it was also included on the list of 1001 albums you must hear before you die i need to make a note and find that list <laughs> and in a reboot of rolling stone's 500 greatest albums of all time it was ranked number 158. in between album releases erica badu recorded a song with common for the brown sugar soundtrack and that was titled love of my life an ode to hip-hop To the beat, y'all, and you don't stop. 
a freak freak. Okay, I saw the movie Brown Sugar and I always forget the song came from that soundtrack, but I loved it immediately. But that video though. After rewatch, I think I forgot how genius this was. It's basically a love letter to hip hop as she goes through the different eras of hip hop. Then in the middle of it, homegirl busts this dope little freestyle while banging a beat against the wall like we used to do in high school. Oh my God, so good. You know, I'm a sucker for anything that pays homage to the 80s rap. This is another fine example of Erica's multi-talent. Singing, rapping, dancing. I'm sure she had a hand in the video's overall concept. It was just completely dope. This song peaked at number 9 on the Hot 100 and won a Soul Train Lady of Soul Award for Best Solo R&B Single and won Best R&B Song at that year's Grammys. One more song I need to mention that was not an official single, but one that I just discovered is a song called Green Eyes. <clears throat> My eyes are green I really wish I had some background info on this one, but I just think the beginning portion of this song is kind of extraordinary. I'm kind of at a loss for how to describe this old timey sound. I can only say I think it's just like a masterpiece. So amazing. The full song is 10 minutes long, but it's definitely worth checking out. After the success of Mama's Gun, the accompanying tour, and this hit, Erica suffered from writer's block. I know, hard to believe. But um, she had that for a while until she could get her creative juices flowing again. In September 2003, Erica released her third album, Worldwide Underground, under Motown Records, with guest artists such as Angie Stone, Bahamadia, and Queen Latifah. The album debuted at number three on the Billboard 200 and featured three singles. The first was actually Love of My Life, which was already released as mentioned, but included in this album as well. Now, the second single is one I didn't discover somehow until some years later, but the beat always gets me going. And that is the song Danger. Alone, I sense my man been. 
For some reason, this song did not perform well commercially, and honestly, I don't know why, because I think it slaps, and it's just it's over for me. I love it. But you know, I loves me some good up-tempo. The intro features a sample from her previous song, Other Side of the Game, kind of like a reminder before getting into its own beat. And basically, the song is an extension of this song, since it talks about being in a relationship with a man who is about to get arrested. This one peaked at number 27 on the Hot R&B Hip Hop Songs chart. And the last song from this album was a song titled Back in the Day, Puff. I definitely remember this one from the radio, but there appears to be no real chart information on it, which is kind of weird. I think it's pretty chill and dope and could easily be played today. The album Worldwide Underground had only lukewarm reviews and it sold about 600,000 copies. Following this, Erica embarked on a Worldwide Underground tour in 2004 with The Roots making a special appearance. Then in the summer of 2005, she co-founded the Sugar Water Festival with Jill Scott and Queen Latifah. And I am proud to say I got to see this show when it came to the Meriwether Post Pavilion in Columbia, Maryland, which was amazing. Jill Scott was breathtaking, but when Erica grabbed that stage, it was the first time I heard Danger in concert, and let me tell you, killed it. Everybody was dancing. It was a good time. I was so glad I got to go. After receiving her first personal computer in 2005, yes, I did say that. She got her first personal computer in 2005. When I read that, I had to reread it again in 2005. Erica began better communicating with producers Jay Dilla, Q-Tip, and Questlove, but also using her computer as a mini recording studio. She then released a single titled Honey in 2007. Okay, this is another song I'd never heard of, but I checked out the video and it's really innovative and cute. The video shows a record store and each time someone holds up a record, Erica is seen paying homage in her own way to various record companies from the past, which turned out are many of her personal musical influences. Some of these record covers include Earth, Wind and Fire's Head to the Sky. Okay, my mama had that one, so I was very familiar. Nas's Illmatic. Ohio Players Honey, yeah, my mother had that one too, <laughs> Chameleon from Patti LaBelle, and Physical from Olivia Newton-John. 
There's also a section where she pays homage to Andre 3000 from Outkast doing a female version of his Hey Ya video, but using a pink set instead of green. The video won Best Direction at the 2008 MTV Video Music Awards. Honey was also included on her next album. It was in February 2008 that she released her fourth studio album, New America Part 1, Fourth World War. She received many of the producer's tracks over the internet and then recorded her vocals using GarageBand software, which is an audio mixing software similar to Audacity, which I use to record and edit this podcast. In this album, she explored themes such as poverty, urban violence, complacency, and the plight of the black community. The second and last single from this album was a song called Soldier. was a promotional single and never released as a commercial single nor did it have a video this song was actually chosen from an online poll erica had asking fans to vote on which track from the album should be released next overall the album new america part one was well received by critics and debuted at number two on the billboard 200 charts selling 125,000 copies its first week her biggest opening week since 1997's baduism in 2008 and 2009, Erica toured playing dates in Europe. In March 2010, Erica released New America Part 2, Return of the Unk, which was also met with critical acclaim. Its first single, I remember, caused some controversy, and that was for the song Window Seat. Baby, wanna ask you later for a ticket out of town. So can I get a The song is speaking on escapism and longing for a lover, but the video. <laughs> the video is where all the controversy comes from. In it, Erica is seen walking down Dealey Plaza in Dallas, Texas, while she slowly strips off her clothes and in the end is shot and falls to the ground. She falls to the ground as if she is being assassinated. Dealey Plaza, if you're not familiar, is the same location as the assassination of President John F. Kennedy. So, yeah, fans and critics definitely have something to say about this public display. Dallas officials took issue with the public nudity and the fact that she did not have a permit to film there, while critics criticized her expression, saying the assassination ending was disrespectful to the former president. On the Wanda Sykes show, she responded to the critics by stating, quote, 
My point was grossly misunderstood all over America. JFK is one of my heroes, one of the nation's heroes. JFK was a revolutionary. He was not afraid to butt heads with America. And I was not afraid to show America my butt naked truth." End quote. She was eventually charged with disorderly conduct for public nudity and charged a $500 fine with six months probation. The song Window Seat peaked at number 15 on the Hot R&B Hip Hop Songs chart. The next single off the album is a song called Take Me Away, Get Money. the song samples Sylvia Stripling's You Can't Turn Me Away, the same sample used for Junior Mafia's song Get Money. This was released in March 2010 as a free download. Erica also released a video for another song called Gone Baby Don't Be Long and the video link was tweeted out along with her friend Questlove. The album as a whole received moderate success but it did chart in over 50 countries. From this point on, Erica, like many artists, continued to write, record, and perform, and I'll go over just some of the most recent highlights. In 2015, she appeared on a song called Rememory for Donnie Trumpet in the Social Experiments Surf album, and released a free mixtape of her own favorite songs, which she described as, quote, carefully and lovingly selected high-frequency tones for the soul, end quote. Yeah, that sounded like something she would say. She did a remix of Drake's Hotline Bling and in late 2015 released a mixtape called But You Can't Use My Phone under Apple Music. I need to check that out. This was her first release under her own label, Control Freak. Freak spelled with a Q. In August 2018, she was featured on NPR's Tiny Desk concert with her live band. I had a chance to check this out and she sounded great. It was her performance of Green Eyes that caught my eye and my ears. In 2019, there were talks about a new album coming soon, and in 2020, she sang as a guest artist on singles for D'Angelo and Tayana Taylor. And she contributed to the live recording of Voyage 19, singer Bilal's album, which was recorded while on lockdown due to the coronavirus. So, what to say about the legacy of Erica Badu? Hmm... Well, first, I think it goes without saying, Erica is definitely unique, original, a throwback, but she comes off as humble, but quite frankly, on another level. A level I don't always understand at times, but I appreciate her effort in educating on things way over my head, but speaking on things I easily understand, such as issues in relationships and within the black culture. She's like from another time and place. In the 1990s, I can also say I appreciated her Afrocentric look and how she came out doing things totally different and performing songs with deep meanings. She's regarded as the first lady of Neo Soul or the queen of Neo Soul, though I'm not sure how she feels about that title. Vocally, she has a distinctive voice and sound like no other. Her voice really reminds me of the late great Billie Holiday, which I mentioned before, but it's a lot stronger than it initially appears. She's eclectic, no doubt about it. If anyone has seen her lately in her funny hats and makeup, 
but she has always paid homage to where she's been and the greats that have come before her. I think she's an artist that was just born to express herself musically and always seems to look for deeper meanings in things, whether we as an audience understand it or not. Her albums and music have been regarded as black avant-garde, deeply personal, socially conscious, and futuristic. I think these two reviews of Badu sum her artistry up nicely. Greg Cott from the Chicago Tribune wrote, quote, Rather than merely mimicking Billie Holiday, Badu offers a canny update of the socially conscious soul of the early 70s with her mid-tempo grooves and sultry conversational vocals, end quote. And Robert Hilburn of the Los Angeles Times wrote, quote, Freely mixing musical errors and inspirations from Billie Holiday to Stevie Wonder, from jazz to hip hop, Badu combines supper club sophistication with an artistic vision as unique and independent as Prince was in the 80s. End quote. And I'm good with that. And on that, I'm wrapping up this episode. Hope you enjoyed this journey on Erica Badu. I would ask for your thoughts on social media, but let's be real, no one ever does that. <laughs> so thank you for listening and to the next episode, y'all. Peace. Hey, thanks for listening to Word to the Mother. Be sure to find us on Facebook and Twitter. Until the next episode, we out.